Welcome to livingpianos.com. I'm Robert Estrin, and today's show is extremely timely with everything that's going on, how to approach teaching music lessons online. There are many challenges, and of course, I deal with piano, and a lot of you are probably pianists as well, and this applies to all music teachers, and the particular challenges of dealing with younger students is really important. And you know, it's an interesting thing is that everybody's going online now. We're all kind of interfacing with video chat. And one of the great things is that people realize now that they're not restricted to the, just their neighborhood teacher. Now the world is at your fingertips. And uh, we have a very special guest that I'm incredibly pleased to bring today, somebody who uh, has been teaching since she was a young teenager. It's been the whole crux of her career, along with performing and composing and all sorts of things. My sister, Corin Estrin Mino. I want to welcome Corin to everybody. Hello, Corin. Hi, Bob. It's really good to see you, although I wish we could be in person. <laughs> yeah, this so, is pretty good, actually. This is amazing. This is so fun. I know. Mm -hmm. the, te see, the technology, I don't know about you, but I've been doing virtual visits with more people in the last couple of months than I've done in the rest of my life combined. Yes, this is true. I'm visiting with a lot of people I haven't seen in a really long time. Yes, so, so it's kind of opened great. everybody's consciousness. And we're going to talk about the unique challenges, first of all, of how to even do it, because there are probably people out there figuring out how the heck do you deal with all this technology? And I remember when I first started doing this, I, I just had a, a friend that I wanted to do a video chat with, and I'm pretty adept at technology. My friend happened to be a computer teacher, and we were struggling for like 10 or 15 minutes to get any of the platforms to work, because it's a funny thing. It's sometimes everything just works seamlessly, and other times it, nothing seems to work. So I don't know, tell me about what your experiences have been, because you've been teaching in person for forever, and what have been the challenges for you in getting set up in this whole new world online? Well, in a nutshell, everything. <laughs> I, I am not completely computer illiterate by any stretch, but this was really new for me. And I, I was really struggling my first, uh, I'd say two weeks of doing this in March. Um, terrible sound, um, just terrible glitches, uh, sound cutting out, uh, a, a delay between the visual and the audio. I mean, there were so many problems and just really terrible sound quality. So I was complaining about this to my son, Brian, who helped me enormously. And he told me some things I needed to do to improve my setup. The main thing he told me were these headphones with the microphone. One of the things that was happening to me my first couple of weeks, I was losing my voice because all of us, when we are video chatting, if we don't have a certain kind of headphone, we don't realize we're shouting. Uh, there's there's a psychological distancing from your device. You feel like you're far away from people, and so you tend to shout. And I was getting very hoarse because if you're giving 12 to 15 piano lessons a day and you're shouting all day long, your voice doesn't hold up, and mine certainly didn't. So this you know, interestingly, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, I found the same thing just because at first when I was doing uh, the video lessons and video chatting, I was particularly with the lessons, I just used my iPad. I have a real nice iPad Pro, the big screen. It worked great. The audio and the video is good on it. But in order to get the keys in, the iPad had to be far enough away. And 
So I had to be shouting, and it was really exhausting until I figured out how to incorporate it in my studio. So uh, what other, I know you talked about the internet and trying to get that squared away. What, what was your solution for that? Okay, well, that's a really good question, too. Um, Brian recommended that I get an extra router, which is an Orbi, it's called, and uh, that improved the sound, and then I upgraded my internet service as well. And all of that made huge improvements. There was no longer the distance, the uh, little delay between audio and, and visual. Um, that got rid of that right away. And the sound quality, one of the things that kept happening was I was getting a bubbly sound. It almost sounded like my piano was underwater and that disappeared completely. The one thing that I will never have any control over, of course, is what my students are using, what their internet is, what device they're doing their piano lessons on. So uh, I have at least improved my situation as much as I can without putting thousands of dollars into it. So that's you know, where I'm other, at. Mm -hmm. There's some other tips that, that people should be aware of, and that is, you know, these video chats uh, are not meant for music, and <laughs> they optimize it for voice, and there are all kinds of little settings of what they call noise reduction of different types. And if you have those enabled, which they are by default when you first put it on, when you play anything quiet, <laughs> the notes kind of get really weird. And so I think it's important for people to understand that there are settings in Zoom and in Skype and in some of the other platforms. We're using Zoom right now for everybody. And one nice thing about Zoom is that you can record your call just like we're doing. And that's how we're able to share this with you. And we disabled the noise reduction on both ends so that we can play music with no problems. And that's really essential when you're giving lessons, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> there are some entertaining things that happen, uh, you know, on, on their end, I'll hear their dog barking, <laughs> or, you know, somebody's chatting in the next room, and that actually is a bit of a problem. My headphones pick up ambient noise almost as loud as the, the noise I really want to hear, which is my students talking or playing the piano. So I did send out a message to everybody to please try to keep the noise level down in their homes while the piano lesson is going on. Now, so, I know you teach yeah. a wide uh, range of students from beginners to advanced adults, but teaching younger children online, I'm wondering how you engage them on, you know, they're looking on a screen, maybe some of them are even on phones. And, you know, how do you do that? I mean, what's, what's, what's some methodology or what, have, what challenges have you found and, and any solutions, if any, to trying to work that way? Yeah, that, that is actually a huge issue. And, and anybody who's teaching children online, any subject, and, and right now the school teachers are probably experiencing this to some degree as well, uh, it, it's not easy to engage children remotely. Um, the biggest solution to that, the best solution to that, of course, is to have a parent sitting in the lesson with the it's child. It's gotta be the and, right parent, though, of course. Well, I've had good luck. Um, the the one the one little issue that comes up with parents sometimes is a parent uh, wants to jump in and answer a question. You know, if the child doesn't answer right away, they they'll just jump in and tell the child the answer. Uh, you know, that's a natural response. Um, most parents, though, they let me conduct the lesson, and I will say, "Could you please point to measure three? and they'll do that so the child knows where we are. That's the biggest problem, a child not understanding. If I say we're on line two, measure three, 
they don't respond to that. They don't understand that. Um, their default is if I stop them to look at a little correction, their default is beginning. I'm back at the beginning now. And of course, well, that's a timeless problem yeah. with, with <laughs> students anyway. I have a video on that subject. <laughs> there we go. So you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so it's very hard for uh, me to convey where we are in the music. Um, one of the most important facets of my teaching has had to disappear. I play duets with my students, especially the young ones, all day long. And um, not being able to play duets has been very challenging because it's one of the best ways to get young students to sense pulse in music. Also uh, great to, for sight reading. Oh yeah. yeah, and dynamics, or even a music that they have prepared that they are not sight reading, they actually have learned. By my playing a duet with them, I can a little bit exaggerate the dynamics and say, copy what I'm doing. And so they understand how loud is loud, how soft is soft. And I can't do that now. So I've had to rely on um, <laughs> some ingenuity, I guess, in trying to get kids to do things. And plus, I have to always make sure that what they're doing is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. um, the electronics make dynamics, tone, balance, very difficult to hear sometimes, especially if they are on devices that are not uh, current or not great to begin with. Um, phones are not necessarily bad. If they have a brand new iPhone, for example, I'm going to get good sound from that. Right. You know, in terms of the transmission, it's just that it's hard for them to see if you're trying to show them anything on a small screen, I would imagine. Exactly. Well, I don't do a lot of that. Sometimes I will pick up a book. I'll show you what I'll do. Grab a book here for you. So sometimes I'll, I'll pick up a book and I'll say, here, this is what I'm talking about right here. You know, <laughs> uh, I'll resort to that. Um, I, for a while, had thought of getting a little um, handheld camera, but my son informed me that the I, even though for people who are way more tech savvy than I, they could go back and forth between the computer and the little camera uh, easily. For me, that was just a step that I, it would have been too time consuming to do that quickly well, in a lesson. Another thing you can do uh, with some of these platforms like Zoom is screen sharing. So if you have something up on your computer screen, instead of seeing you, they'll see what you're seeing on the computer. And that could be one way of sharing uh, you know. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I'm, you, I'm mostly with my students using FaceTime. Everyone seems, almost all my students have uh, Apple products. And I'm using some Skype. And uh, just a couple students are using Zoom. Right. Well, uh, I think that Skype and FaceTime actually have the best video quality. Um, yeah. But Zoom is very flexible, as you can see. That's why we're using it. Right, exactly. Um, so those have been um, some of my challenges. I did send home um, a note to parents to please purchase uh, a tripod for their devices. I'm getting very Good tired call. of phone, phones falling off stacks of books or a phone being on the edge of the piano. And so whatever end of the piano the phone is on, I'm either hearing way too much bass or way too much treble. You know, so a little bit of distance from the keyboard would make it so that I can hear a little bit truer sound. And also the visual. I don't like when I can see the keys, but I can't see my, my student's face. That's right. very uncomfortable for me. And a lot of the little phones, that's, that's kind of what's happening. And I don't like that. 
Right, I'm with you there. And just uh, for everybody out there, are, are you still accepting students in case people are interested? We could uh, put your email address uh, for people. I know that you always have a packed schedule because you've been teaching for, I mean, when did you start teaching? Try to figure the math. Of course, that'll give away your age, right? Well, <laughs> I have been teaching since I was 13. That's 13. when I, yes. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, I started taking students at 13 and our dad gave me, st started giving me students when I was about 15. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and wow. then, yeah. And then when I went to college, you inherited my students. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And that's when I started assisting dad. And that's what got both of us into it from such a yep. young age. <laughs> that's right. And I did the same thing with my children. And I know you did the same thing with yours. Mm -hmm. My children started teaching when they were very, very young. Mm -hmm. So um, th that I think we carried that through very nicely. So we're carrying the torch for future yeah. generations. And <laughs> exactly. any of you out there, by the way, if you have questions about the technology, you're welcome to, to email me because uh, I'm, I'm really into the technology, as you can see, with all this fancy stuff I've got going on here. I can tell you what I'm doing and help any of you who are teachers or on the other end, students who are trying to figure how to do all of this, we're happy to help you. And uh, we're here yeah. for everybody. And I want to thank Corin for joining us. And uh, it's been a pleasure visiting with you virtually. And yes, it has been. Experience. So thank I mean, you. And by the way, to answer your question, yes, I am accepting students, particularly adults, because they can come in the morning, a lot of them. Ah, so, so yes, so I, I am more than happy to, to speak with anybody who is interested. And by the way, Corin has had many students go on to illustrious professional careers, uh, teachers, concert pianists, all of that. And she's really good with, with a wide range of students. So if you have any questions, uh, address them to me and uh, we'll help any of you, whatever you're trying to do with your music. Again, I'm Robert Estrin. This is livingpianos.com your online piano resource. Thanks so much for joining us here today. And if you like this video, ring that bell and we'll see you next time. Bye, Corin. Bye, Bob. <laughs> Thank you.